seated. One of the lines in that song talked about peace so unexplainable, right? Um, be, uh, be praying for Christy's extended family. She's got an extended family member, if I can say that, uh, who is in the hospital with COVID. It's not looking good. So I uh, pray that the family would have peace beyond understanding. Um, today is July, July. At least now you're laughing. Today's January 30th, which means it's the fifth Sunday of the month, which means that every fifth Sunday of the month, we, instead of dismissing the kids down to Children's Church, we keep them upstairs. John and team, thank you so much for being willing to teach City of Lights today. Uh, we apologize for all the whatever miscommunication that took place, but I'm going to teach them today. Sound good? Perfect. Uh, kids, you normally go downstairs, but you're going to stick around up here. I have can- candy to bribe you. Um, and hopefully a really good story. So come on up, kids. Sit on the floor, spread out um, all over the place. That's anybody under the age of 35. You want to go a little bit further back than that, all right? Give me six feet plus. There we go. Nice and spread out all over. the. Here we go. Look at you guys are coming out of the woodwork. I love your dress. That is pretty. We all here? All the littles? All right. You can't get the candy now. You got to make sure you listen to me first. All right, all right. Um, If you're new, if you're a guest, we do this every fifth Sunday. um, And we do this so that we can teach the kids, so we can help them learn how to worship with us and to make me very uncomfortable because these are the hardest Sundays for me to prepare for. Um, But oftentimes they're the ones that make the most sense. So, uh, kids, your grown ups, your parents, they've been kind of quiet this morning already. We tried to clap once or twice. It was a noble effort, uh, but we're going to liven things up, okay? Say yes. 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 Perfect. Come on up. Come have a seat. Okay, so here's the deal. Today is January 30. It's almost the end of January. What was last month? What month was last month? Go ahead and say it out loud. December. December, right. Okay. And what happens in December? What's that thing that takes place on the 25th of December? Christmas, okay, I know that's a long time ago, a long time ago. Did you guys get a present? Yeah. Okay, good. Did you get the exact present that you really, 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 really wanted? Yeah. Oh, some of you did. I saw one no. Okay. (laughs) If you didn't get that exact present that you really, really, really wanted, I want you to think about what that present is right now, okay? Or if it's already been a month now, you're tired of that present and you want another present, think of that present that you think, if I just had it, it would make me happy, okay? So think of that. But before we jump to that, I want us to yell thank you really, really loud so that our parents and aunts and uncles and friends who gave us the gifts that we got don't think that we're not thankful for them. That was a mouthful. Wow. Okay, we're going to yell thank you on three, okay? Yell it, like make the adults hear it, okay? One, two, three. All right, good. You guys, you guys feel loved, valued, appreciated? Okay, good. So here's what we're doing. I want to know that one present that if your parents came to you today and said, what do you want? That one present that's going to make you happy. I'm going to get about half of you, and then I'll come back to the other half later. And if you don't want to talk, completely fine, okay? Can you think of one present that if you got it, you would get super happy? A car. A car. Dude, you're like 10. You don't need a car yet. Are you? You're nine? Okay, perfect. A car. Take note, grandparents. <laughs> yes. What's the one present you would want? A singing fish. A singing fish? <laughs> I want that too. A oh, a singing Sven. 
Yes, that would be awesome. You think if you had a, a singing Sven, it'd make you happy? Yeah, anybody else? An RC jet, okay. John, you hear that? That would be fun. I used to want an RC car. Never got that. Um, a VR set that you can play Minecraft with. A VR set that you can play Minecraft with. Okay, so I want you guys to keep thinking of these presents because I'm going to come back to those who didn't answer, okay? Um, do you think if you got those, it would make you really, really happy? Yeah. yeah, it won't. It won't. It might make you happy for a little while, but it won't. And let me tell you how I know that, Okay. So back in September, four months ago, five months ago, I was at a football game watching JJ, my son, play football. And I'm up in the top stands, and I see somebody far down walking in. It was a lady, and she had like four kids coming, but she was walking in with this. Not this one exactly, but something exactly like this. And I'm like, well, that's a nice color. And I watched her walk in. Probably a good thing I was at the top of the stands, because otherwise it had been creepy, right? But I watched her walk in. I watched her click the strap open. Open it up and sit down. Now, whoever just said, ooh, that was barely what happened to me. I saw this and every single bell in my head went off. Every single light started flashing and I thought to myself, I want that. <laughs> Do you know what I did? <laughs> I got up top of the stands and I walked all the way down to the bottom of the stands. Didn't know who this lady was and I said, this is kind of weird, but can I sit in your chair? <laughs> I like the color, and that was really cool how you just unrolled it. And she laughed a little bit, and then uh, let me sit in her chair. And, oh, my goodness. I tell you what, I thanked her, and I walked back up to my, to my chair next to Abby up on top. But by the time I got there, I had already found this chair on Amazon. <laughs> it was in my cart. You guys know what that is, right? Yeah, and I was ready to get it. And you know what? I have it now. Did it make me totally, totally happy forever and forever? Hmm. No. We're going to talk a little bit about this. I'm going to pray first, okay? Jesus, thank you so much <coughs> Excuse me for a chance to talk with the kids. Uh, I pray that you would give me words that would uh, relate to them, that would make sense to them. I pray the same for the adults, that this would stick. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so kids, we are going to interact a bit today. I'm going to sit in this chair because it feels a lot better sitting in this chair than it does sitting on the hard ground because I've reached a certain age where that happens. Um, when you've been going downstairs, the teachers like Mr. John, like Miss Connie, Miss Debbie, all the other teachers, they've been talking to you about a guy named John, and he wrote some letters. This guy named John was a disciple of Jesus. He was one of Jesus' best friends, and he was the guy that lived the longest of all the disciples after. I'm going to come back, Okay. Um, and he ended up pastoring a church in the city of Ephesus, and he wrote that church some letters. And in one of those letters, we're going to look at just three sentences today of one of those letters. These are three real, real, real important sentences, and ones that you guys can learn from as well as your adults. So I'm going to have, I'm going to read them out loud in a translation that probably your grandparents use. All right, listen to this, see if it makes sense. This is 1 John chapter 2, verses 5 to 17. It is the King George version. No, no, no. King. king James. Yes, you're James, so you're the king. I am James, and I am not a king. <laughs> okay, here's the three the three sentences. Ready for them? Love not the world, and neither the things that are in the world. 
If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever and ever. If any of you, I am not at all poking fun at the King James Version, okay? But did that make sense to you guys? No? Yeah, a little bit. Let me read it in, in language that maybe Thorin would use, okay? This is good language right here. This is from the message translation. Same three verses. Don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, it has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from him. The world and all its wantings, wanting, wanting, is on its way out. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. That's a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Sounded good. All right, still a little bit confusing. Here is, let's just say, this guy, Pastor John. It, it talks off with, like, it started off with like, not love thou thus the world, or something like that. A lot of people read that and they think that John is saying that we shouldn't like anything in the world. That the world and everything in it is bad. But that's not the case, is it? You guys know at the very beginning of the scripture, at the very beginning of the Bible, when God created things, after he created something, he called it what? Uh, adults? Good. Okay, so when he made the stars and he made the moon and the sun after that, he said, boy, it is good. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say several things and your answer is going to be good. Okay? And then he made like water and land and at the end he said it is good. Right? And then he made trees and, and things that live in trees and he made corn stalks and things that live in corn stalks and he, and he looked at it and he said it is good. Right? And then, he, and then he made humans and he said it is very good. Right? He said it's very good. So John's not saying the world is bad because God called it good. Now, if we start off with a song that said, for God so loved the world. It's not God thought the world was bad. God loved the world, and it was good. Okay? Quick, think of your favorite food. You got a favorite food? Okay, yes. What's your favorite food? Pineapples. Good. Meat lover pizza. That's a good one. I had that last night. Ice cream, yes. Mac and cheese, yes. Anybody else? Yes. Burgers, good. Bees, knees, ice cream. I'll go with ice cream. I like smoked salmon. Okay. Anybody else? Do you think those things are bad? No. I don't think they are either. John's not saying those things are bad. But what he is saying is that there are things in the world that try and take our attention away from God. That try and make us against God or opposed to God. And John says loving those things is not good. Jesus, a long time before, said nobody can serve two masters. You're either going to love one and hate the other you're going to be devoted to one and despise the other. So John is just saying that exact same thing. He's saying there's things in this world that try and grab your attention away from God. And then he lists off three different things. Yes, Gabe? Now, can I have the candy? You can't have the candy yet at the end. Okay, three different things. <clears throat> Let me read this sentence, see if you can pick out those three different things. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. 
Three things. Okay? Parents are kind of squirming right now because they know I'm going to use a word that they're going to have to explain later. The first is this. The lust of the flesh. Say that with me. Lust of the flesh. One more time, really loud. Lust of the flesh. Parents, adults, yes, that's exactly what you think it means. And I'll let you explain that to your kids later. But it also means so much more than that. So much more than that. Okay, so when John says lust of the flesh, what he means is wanting your own way and being willing to do whatever to get it. Being willing to take advantage of other people to get it. The big word is exploit. Can you say exploit? Exploit. Now say the T at the end really good, like exploit. 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 Okay, John's saying the lust of the flesh is when you exploit somebody else. You, you, you know what you want, when you want it, how you want it, and you're willing to do whatever to whomever in order to get that. good example of that in the Bible is a guy named Pharaoh. You ever heard of the uh, Israelites and the Egyptians? Yes. yes. Remember they were slaves, the Israelites to the Egyptians? Pharaoh... Not the Egyptians. Yeah, the Egyptians. <coughs> Excuse me. Pharaoh wanted his walls built, his castles built, his pyramids built, and he was willing to use the Israelites in whatever way he needed to build those things. He was exploiting them. That's lust of the flesh. Parents, with this kind of expanded version, can you think of something like this in your own life? Don't say it out loud. Okay? Think about it. Kids, when I was your age, I really, 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 really wanted a specific pair of shoes. It looked a little bit like this. Yeah. Whoa. Like these? Almost like yours. I really, really wanted them. I kept telling my parents that I really, really wanted them, and they never bought them for me. Two reasons. First, it was too expensive, okay? All the cool kids were wearing them, and the best athlete in all the world was wearing them also at that time, but they were too expensive. And the second reason, I think my parents had heard that where those shoes were made, that the people didn't get paid very much. They were forced to, to work long, long hours. They didn't get breaks. It was called a sweatshop, and my parents didn't want to support something that was exploiting other people, that was taking advantage of other people. So I never got those shoes because my parents knew, they didn't say it like this, but that this was a lust of the flesh, that, that those shoes were made by people who weren't being valued. All right, so say lust of the flesh with me. Lust of the flesh. That's the first thing John, Pastor John says, will take your heart away from Jesus. The second thing is this, lust of the eyes. Go ahead and point to your eyes. This is fun, like when little kids like point to your eyes and they're like, okay, point to your other eye. Okay, very good. Lust of the eyes. This is a craving for whatever we see, whatever we want. This is where those toys you guys were mentioning at the beginning come in, okay? Only half of you talked about what, what present you really wanted. Does, <coughs> you're right, yours wasn't a toy, it was a car. Does somebody else have a toy that they'd really want that would make them happy? A skateboard. Good. A frozen bike. Oh, yes. I'd like one of those, too. Do have streamers? Maybe. <laughs> yes, Tank? Okay, a virtual, uh, yeah, VR set. Same thing, okay. And again, if you got these things, wouldn't it make you happy, you think? Yeah. No, it wouldn't. Okay, this is all about lust of the eyes. When you see something and you want it, remember this chair? Right? I saw it. And I sat in it, I touched it, and I really, 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 really wanted it. In fact, I wanted it so much I bought it, and then I put it on my son's 
bed and I said, hey, Sam, um, <clears throat> my birthday and Christmas present are on your bed. Thank you. I really want it. <clears throat> Two examples from the Bible on this. Who was the first two people created in the Bible? Go ahead, say it out loud. Adam and Eve. Right, Adam and Eve. When Eve and Adam were in the garden, God told them they could eat from whatever tree they wanted except for one tree. Well, what happened? Eve saw fruit that looked good. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6 says, So when Eve saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes... She took the fruit and ate it, and also gave some to Adam, who also ate it. The lust of the eyes, a delight for the eyes. She saw it, and she wanted it. So she took it. Another example. Remember the Battle of Jericho? No? Let me see if I can refresh your memory a little bit. This is when the Israelites had to fight this big city that had really, really big walls, and the first day they marched around, and then the second day they marched around... Oh, I'm getting there, man. I'm getting there. Good job, parents. Kid is well-versed in Scripture. Third day, fourth day, they marched around. Seventh day, they marched around. They blew their trumpets. They yelled, and the walls came tumbling down, down right? <coughs> Excuse me. The only instruction that the Israelites had going in from Joshua, the leader, was don't take anything. But there was a guy named Achan. Rhymes with bacon. Rhymes with bacon. Say Achan. Not bacon. Achan. Achan. There was a guy named Achan who happened to see something he really wanted. All right. Joshua chapter 7 says, Achan replied, it is true. I've sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. Amongst the plunder, I saw a beautiful robe. I saw 200 pieces of silver. I saw a gold bar that was weighed more than a pound. So I took it and I buried it in my tent and the silver is a little bit lower than the other item. I saw it, and I wanted it, and I took it. He had lust of the eyes. This is so often what happens to us. We see a friend that has a toy that we want, and we can't stop thinking about it. We see somebody at the park that has a cooler skateboard, maybe one that we want, and we can't stop thinking about it. We see a lady in the stands at Union Station that has a chair that you want, and you can't stop thinking about it. The lust of the eyes. Even if we get these things, it won't make us happy in the long term. Now, I like my chair. It feels good to sit in it. But I was really disappointed at how quickly my heart started looking for other things as soon as I got the chair. Okay, we're, we're talking about Pastor John, who wrote a letter and is listing three things that could take our focus away from Jesus. The first was lust of the... Flat arm. <laughs> Sorry, that was, that was tricky. Parents, help us out. First was lust of the flesh. Second was lust of the... And the third is pride of life. Pride of life. Wanting to appear important. This is the Greek word, not that you guys are going to remember it, but it's a Greek word, alazonia. Can you say alazonia? Alazonia. Okay? The, the guy who uh, read the book that told me this is what it said, he said, a person who has alazonia has laid claim to a possession and deed and achievement which had not belonged to him in order to impress other people and exalt himself. That's a fancy way of saying if you brag about things or you exaggerate things to make other people think you're more important than you really are. 
Got a story from scripture about this, okay? Guys, remember the story of David and Goliath? All right. Goliath was a big dude, wasn't he? Big muscles. Go ahead and flex. Yeah, he was like eight or nine feet tall. He had big weapons, and he had the pride of life. He stood in front of all of his army, stood in front of all the Israelite army, and he said, I'm better than you, I'm bigger than you, I'm stronger than you, and nobody can beat me. <laughs> so what happened? He got beat. He got beat. Uh, God made him that way. Yeah. Um, David grabbed a little, bit, a little bitty rock, and he said to Goliath, he says, you come at me with sword, with javelin, with spear. I come at you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, whom you have made mad. Just like that. It's almost like we planned that. We didn't. Pride of life, big giant, one little rock, boop. No more pride of life. Now, are you guys going to ever fight a giant in your life? Probably not. Okay, so what does this look like? What does pride of life look like for you guys? Well, boys, you ever said, hey, my dad's bigger and stronger than your dad? Tane, you ever said that? That your dad is bigger and stronger than me? It's true. Okay, it's okay if you say that. That's fine. You ever brag that your house is way bigger than somebody else's just so you look more important? You ever, you ever told somebody you got more toys than you do just so they think you're, you're all that and a bag of chips? Okay, all right. You maybe, adults, have you ever said your job title is something a little bit more bigger than it really is? Like, I'm, I'm the VP of company communications. <clears throat> you're a, you own your own business, and you're the only one who answers the phone that rings. Right? Go ahead, VP, customer communications. That's fine. We'll get it. When I was a high schooler, people asked me, besides school, what do you do? <clears throat> I'm an aquatic crisis manager. They say, what? I'm an aquatic crisis manager. Wow. I was a lifeguard. May, I did that to make myself sound bigger and stronger and more important than I really am. You know my comment at the beginning of the service about not wearing a tie because I don't want to seem more important than I am? Sometimes we can start bragging and exaggerating the truth to make other people impressed, and that is the pride of life. And Pastor John says, yeah, you don't need to do that. Because even if you were bigger, faster, stronger, and you had more toys, and you had the VR set so you could play Minecraft and wouldn't have to share, even if you had all those things, it wouldn't make you happy. Pastor John says there's one thing that will. And this is the third sentence in his little letter. It says, this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. John is essentially saying, hey, the things that are of this world that take our attention away from God, they're not going to last. But your relationship with Jesus will. It will. All right? So John's saying, check your heart. Check your motives. He's not saying these things that we want are bad. Right? I'd love a frozen bike, too, especially if it was faster than my current bike so I could bike faster than Tane's dad. Then I could finally say I'm bigger, faster, at least if I had a frozen bike. All right? These things aren't bad, but when we start thinking about them more than we think about God, when that's the only thing we ever focus on, that's when John is saying it crosses a line. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, which means pursue the things of God, and he's going to give you everything else you need. That's an encouraging promise. Now, do I think God loves my chair? I don't think he cares about my chair. Really don't. But I think he likes that I like it. And I think he likes that it makes me happy. But what he didn't like is when I spent way more time focusing on my chair 
than I did focusing on him because that made him sad. All right. So what do we do with all this? I mean, I know you've been waiting for candy. That's what you're thinking about. But I want to leave you with one thing that you can do with this message. And adults, this can be for you guys as well. I'm going to leave you with candy at the end. Here's the sign. Lord, we pray for whoever that siren is going towards. I think that we ought to pray a simple prayer about these three things. Okay, the simple prayer is up on the screen. God, help me focus on you. Help me want what you want for me, not what I want for me. That's a big prayer. That's a bold prayer. Kids, can you pray this with me? Not your adults. Kids, can you pray with me? You can read it, right? So let's pray together. God, help me focus on you. Help me want what you want for me, not what I want for me. Now, parents, adults, maybe this week we do a little heart check. We do a little uh, gut check and we, we think to ourselves, Are there, is there a lust of the flesh? Is there a lust of the eyes? Is there a pride of life? Is there a wanting everything for yourself and being willing to do whatever to whomever in order to get it? And if there is, then maybe we as adults ought to be praying this prayer regularly as well. Okay? So here's what I'll do. I'll ask all the adults to pray it with the kids and with me again. Okay, let's pray. God, help me focus on you. Help me want what you want for me, not what I want for me. It's a big prayer. It's a simple prayer, but a big prayer. And if we can pray this prayer and mean it, God's going to give us everything we possibly need. And since he's a good, good God, like we sang about, then we can be encouraged by that. All right, so here's what I want you to do. Kids, go back to your seats. After we sing the last song, and after I say bye to everybody, you guys can come on over, and I will share my candy with you. Okay? Kids, you were fantastic today. Go on, go sit back down. While they're going to sit down, I'm going to pray. The worship team's going to come on up, and we're going to sing one more song together. God, we, uh, we confess, I confess, that it is easy for me to experience the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. I don't know if there's a single day I am alive where I don't experience one of those things. But God, Pastor John was very clear that these things pull my heart away from you, and I don't want them. I want my heart and my mind and my soul to be focused on you first. So would you help me? And Lord, if anybody else struggles with these same things, which I'm sure we do, I pray you'd help them as well. Lord, I'm going to ask boldly, would you help this be a message that sinks in with the kids so that even at their age, they can grow up watching out for those three things so that when they're our age, maybe the struggle is a little bit less. I ask that you would do this through the Holy Spirit and in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen.